This is the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames. Brought to you by Special Needs Family Hour, Inc. For the next hour, we'll be discussing the particular challenges and real-life solutions for families with special needs. If you found us, please know that you are not alone. To find out more, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here is your host, Julie Ames, on AM860, The Answer. Thanks for listening today to the Special Needs Family Hour. I'm Julie Ames on AM 860, The Answer. Our show is dedicated to helping those parents and caregivers who are caring for special people. The theme of the show is the essay, Welcome to Holland, by Emily Pearl Kingsley. Kingsley describes the experience of raising a child with a disability. It's like planning a fabulous vacation trip to Italy, only to realize that your plane has landed in Holland. Holland isn't a bad place. It's just a different place. So you must go out, buy a new guidebook, learn a whole new language, and meet a whole new group of people you would never have met. Holland is a code word for living life with those with disabilities. My hope and prayer is that the challenges we face in Holland will make us better people. It's been an interesting time for us in Holland. Our oldest two daughters, Maria and Christina, are on the autism spectrum and have intellectual disabilities. Our youngest daughter, Anna, is in college. I just read an amazing novel about a boy with autism. It has caused me to re-examine the many experts who have been a part of Maria and Christina's lives. There have been good ones and bad ones to include physicians, occupational therapists, speech therapists, psychologists, and teachers. The ones who I've pondered the most are the ones who have caused my children harm. As a parent, your goal is to provide and protect your children. It is much harder to protect a child with special needs. It is very difficult to sort through the advice, research, and theories that guide these so-called experts. We will be discussing the experts today. We have an awesome show. Our guests are Ido Kadar and Tracy Kadar. Ido Kadar is a non-speaking autistic young man. He is a phenomenal 23-year-old Californian who, through the saving grace of technology and perseverance, now has a voice in his life and is using it to lobby for huge changes. He is an author and advocate who inspires and educates others. We will be discussing his novel, Two Worlds. It is a compelling tale with unforgettable characters who are navigating their way through the multitude of theories about autism that for decades have dictated the lives of thousands of children and their families. His mother, Tracy Kadar, will also share with us her journey as a parent of a nonverbal child with severe autism. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860 The Answer. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. Our guests are Ido Kadar and Tracy Kadar. Ido Kadar is a 23-year-old young man. He has autism and can't talk. When he was a kid, he and his family were told he would never be able to communicate independently. But Ido learned to do just that. He'll be using an iPad to voice his answers during his interview. Hi, Ido. I read your novel, Two Worlds, and I'm so excited to have you here today. 
talk to you today. Yes, and we also have Ito's mother, Tracy Kadar. Hi, Tracy. Could you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Hi, Julie. Yeah, I'm a, a mom of two kids, two, I guess, two young adults, um, and I uh, am a a mental health therapist specializing in children's mental health. And thanks to Ido's inspiration, I've also begun teaching non-speaking autistic children and young adults to communicate in the mode that he does by typing and pointing to letters. That is awesome. And as I was reading the book, I was just amazed. Like when you're working with children and teaching them, at what age do children come to you? Are they as old as some of the kids in Ito's novel? Um, it, it really depends because people will pursue it when they hear about it. Um, so the majority of the children that I see are, you know, are in the range of about 8 to 11 when they're first coming. Sometimes they're a little younger and sometimes they're coming as, as adults. Um, and it's the first opportunity that they've had be instructed in this way. That must be so exciting for you to be there as they get their voice. It is quite exciting. It's exciting for the the families. I mean, it's a process and everybody progresses differently. Uh, Every every child really has uh, a different skill set or different issues that they have to overcome in order to be able to, to progress. And so, you know, it is very individual, but yes, it's quite exciting, and it's exciting when families start to see their child in a in a new light and change the way they interact at home, and it creates for um, a lot more happiness. Yes, well, I loved Ido's book. Um, I I love the depth of the characters in the book. It's a a mother and father and three children, and the boy in the book, Anthony, has autism, and he discovers this new technology when he's 16 years old. And that takes him through. So I just was amazed at what, Ida, what you've been able to do with your book and just the characters. They're such rememberable characters that I I will never be able to forget. But I have a question for you. Despite having autism, you have written two books. How did you manage to accomplish such a feat? To be honest, I was born a writer. I think in letters. I spell my thoughts. Even before I learned how to communicate with others by typing on a letter board or device, I was thinking and spelling and immersed in words. That is ironic because when I was a child, the autism specialist didn't believe I understood words or spelling. So in a profound way, I was exposed to irony from my earliest memory. I wrote lots in my mind, enjoyed only by myself. I learned to get my thoughts out at seven, but my communication skills improved over time. Being able to communicate my thoughts made escape from my remedial autism education to general education possible. In that environment of being the only non-speaking autistic student in general education and also seeing my fellow non-speaking autistic peers being taught toddler lessons with no expectation of progress, I felt an urgent need to help them. I knew they were like me, but hadn't been given the same opportunity to communicate. 
I wanted people to understand autism more accurately. I responded by writing about autism. I began writing short essays at the age of 12 that started like a journal, but became an explanation of autism and a message of hope and potential. That was my first book, Edo in Autism Land. I wrote it between the ages of 12 and 15, and after it was published I started my blog, EdoinAutismLand.com. My first book surpassed my hopes for helping others. My second book, In Two Worlds, is fictional, though reality-based. I wanted to stretch myself in a new way as a writer, and the power of fiction enabled me to write about autism in a wholly different and much more profound way. It is my greatest achievement. Physically, I write by pointing to letters and typing on a keyboard with one finger. It takes a while, so my story is composed mentally first, and not outlined on paper. My brain maps out the entire book, and I slowly type it out a paragraph at a time. In this way, I wrote my novel. That is so exciting. I was... um. As I read your novel, you talk about irony and that you had irony as a child. Your irony is also a sense of humor, and it's so evident in your book, the irony. And there are so many things that are so ironic. Um, What would you like mainstream people to understand about autism and those that have it? Well, I can't speak for everyone's feelings, but I can tell you mine and those of my typing friends. We all uniformly declare that our minds are intact, but our bodies don't listen to our thoughts the way they should. There are widespread misconceptions about my disability that trap many people in a lifetime of underwhelming boredom and low expectations. This trap can be as bad as a disability in some ways, because many of the very people who claim to be helping can also be the ones who make the barriers for us in autism education. To clarify, My body does not respond as it should to the instructions from my brain. This means my disability is a neurological disability that impacts my motor system primarily. Unfortunately, most current theories claim my disability is largely a language processing disorder worsened by low cognition. The lack of motor regulation can create unwanted movements that further add to the wrong impression. As a result, Many autistic people are stuck forever in remedial classes where minimal learning takes place and they are not taught a means to communicate. And in my case, when I was a young boy I had no means to communicate that I was intelligent and understood. Wow. Well, your character, Anthony, in the book, Anthony is 16 years old when he, he's 16 years old when he learns to communicate. And it's so stressful because he stems. And we're familiar, for people that are listening that aren't familiar with stemming, stemming behavior lots of times will be flapping hands. And stemming behavior, my daughter, she uh, rubs her hands together and she does a shushing sound. But for people listening, that stimming behavior is a way of dealing with things and is self-calming. And what I found interesting is as in the book, as Anthony's trying to prove his ability, all these people are putting him on the spot and he's having to learn to touch one letter at a time. He's having to get his body and his muscles and everything organized to be able just to touch the letter on the screen. So so 
in the book, as Anthony's trying to do that, he's under extreme pressure. And I thought that was so wonderful, the way that you describe the autism and what he was going through and how his STEMI behavior was, in effect, helping him. What advice would you give to parents with autistic children? Trust your gut. Don't ignore signs of intelligence. Talk to your child as if he is intelligent. Make life meaningful. Teach communication. Work on fitness. Don't miss the person for the symptoms. Love your child. Oh, that's wonderful. I will admit with my children, there are many times that I would sometimes forget to see who they are, and I would just see their problems, and I would forget what a wonderful being they were. And amazingly, I would pray for unconditional love, and it would come. Why don't we take a break there? I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. I am here with Ido Kadar and his mother, Tracy Kadar. We are discussing his novel and his personal journey from a world of complete silence to learning the ability to communicate with technology. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. Our guests are Ida Kadar and his mother, Tracy Kadar. We are discussing his novel and personal journey from a world of complete silence to learning the ability to communicate with technology. Now, Tracy, Ida just told us his advice that he would give parents with autistic children. What advice would you give to parents with autistic children? Well, I agree with everything that Ido said, um, and I think that uh, trusting your gut is incredibly important, and it certainly was for me because when he was small, part of the problem that I had was that I stopped listening to what I saw with my own eyes because every professional and every book was telling me something else, and that delayed uh, that delayed the discovery of Ido's ability to communicate Um so had I listened to myself earlier, I think that things would have been a lot less stressful for him and, and for all of us. And I'd say the other advice uh, is that parents need to find a way to just uh, to to breathe, uh, to, to even if you don't have much time, find 10 minutes and savor them. And yes. finally, my... Last piece of advice is when you have um, more than one child, you have to try to balance it out between you and your your other children, not to, you know, your non-special uh, needs ch- child is still a child and still needs a lot of parent parent time, too. Um, and so the, the family life somehow has to be not just wholly devoted to, to, the, to the disability. Yes. I remember whenever I first saw um, a psychiatrist with the kids, and that was one of the things she warned me about, 
with the two, since I had two with special needs, was to be aware of the child that didn't. And that's so true and so important. Um, but in the book, Ito's book, he talks about the mother in the book and the guilt she has. And I don't know about you, but <laughs> I, I have my bad mom award moments. I mean, I look back on things and I think, gosh, why didn't I see that? Some of it's your intuition that you were talking about. What were what were people telling you at the time that caused you not to listen to Edo? Um, well, you know, he was getting a lot of behavioral therapy, and he was being drilled with his flashcards, and they had their logbooks that said how many words he knew. Um, and that would mean that, according to the data that he, when I realized that he understood everything, that it was in direct contradiction to their data. And so um, essentially that was the, it was not believed. And, um, and because he was not at that time independent, he didn't have those skills, you know, we had to help him to become independent so that he could show he could show people uh, what he was capable of, but it's a process, and you know, just that mere discovery, uh, yeah, that was it was quite a journey. Yes, yes. Now, Ido, you believe some of those who instruct autistic people are missing their mark and failing us, and and I want to ask you why is that? As I mentioned. Smart kids who cannot show their intelligence are limited to one plus one. ABC and touch your nose for endless, monotonous years in school because of current theories about autism. Because these theories do not take into account the feedback from autistic non-speakers themselves, educators and therapists also often fail to notice that behind the erratic movements there is a person with an intact mind that is trapped by a disobedient motor system, a person who with proper instruction could learn to touch letters to communicate and get a real education, as I did. Our educational fates are too often controlled by people who don't understand our real needs. Unfortunately, there is a tremendous amount of institutional bias and lots of money to be made. It is more than high time experts in the field of autism need the words of typing autistics and begin to make the necessary changes in treatment. That is so true. Um, I was one of the one of the areas where I was very fortunate is because of my daughters, their high anxiety. I really I had to weigh therapy with their anxiety. So my girls did not experience um, the hours of therapy that some children did that because I knew they couldn't handle it. Um, but their autism, they're on the spectrum, but it's not severe autism. But in your book, um, I just thought it was amazing when you talked about ABA therapists, like they were the ABA Barbies and they were always commanding and and never listening. And and a lot of ABAs do a great job out there, but for a child like you, I mean, you experienced it where they weren't listening to you. And Tracy, you experienced that too, where you knew he understood more, but just because he couldn't point to the right picture, they weren't acknowledging that, correct? That is correct. Yes. Now, Ido, did you ever think you would be able to express yourself as you do now? And how liberating is it for you to communicate with us? 
I prayed a lot as a child, but I lost hope at some point. My mom got close to discovering my intelligence a few times, but the expert opinion was that she was imagining things out of wishful thinking. But at the age of seven, my prayers to communicate began to come true. That changed my entire life and enabled me to become a free and educated soul. Wow. And what is your, could you tell us a little bit about your newest book? I know I've talked to it, but could you tell the audience about your book and Two Worlds? What exactly is it about? The protagonist, Anthony, is an autistic boy. He is living in silence. No one knows he is smart, aware, funny, sarcastic, and sassy inside. Not even his own loving family or any of his many therapists. But the reader knows. The reader has the opportunity to hear Anthony's thoughts and feel his challenges and frustrations as he deals with endless misunderstandings and powerlessness over his situation. It is through Anthony's eyes I tell the story of his journey from seven years old, totally trapped, to a young man, a teenager, still autistic, still flapping his hands, but liberated by communication, education, and the ability to fight back. His story is a kind of coming of age, a journey of discovery and freedom that takes the reader on a voyage to autism land, from Anthony's inner world, a world so sensory it's practically hallucinogenic, to his outer world, his daily life that is controlled by professionals and their theories. In Two Worlds is an excursion into the heart of autism and its impact on a boy and his family. Wow. How do you hope readers will react to this reality-based story that offers an unprecedented insider's view into how one lives in a life of silence? First, it's a good story, and I hope the reader enjoys it for its literary merit. Books should transport the reader to new worlds, and this one does. Into Worlds takes the reader into autism land, into silence and sensory buzzes into the part that theories can hold. It tells the truth about my kind of autism, because I know autism. I breathe it every day. I hope in two worlds reaches those who never thought about autism, and it opens their eyes to a struggling group of humanity and their desperation to show their intelligence and get a normal education. I hope that thousands more can be liberated too. I know that not everybody is the same. But many more autistics than have currently learned to type to communicate and get an education, have the potential to do so. I hope in two worlds will open people to accept those who are different because they move strangely and don't speak. Maybe it will prompt real change. I hope so. How rare is it to be a non-speaking autism person, a person who's autistic, who is a novelist? It is rare to the point of there being only one. Other non-speaking autistics have written memoirs, blogs, and been featured in documentaries. But as far as I know, my novel is unique. Wow. Well, why don't we take a break there, and we'll continue this conversation on the other side. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. I am here with Ido Kadar and his mother, Tracy Kadar. We are discussing his novel and his personal journey from a world of complete silence to learning the ability to communicate with technology. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, 
Call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. Our guests are Ida Kadar and his mother, Tracy Kadar. We are discussing his novel and personal journey from a world of complete silence to learning the ability to communicate with technology. What role has technology played in your life, Ido? I have an app that speaks my typed words on an iPad. In this way, I have my own voice, albeit a computerized one. This is what makes our interview possible. I type my answers to your questions previously and they have been pre-recorded and saved in the app. Since my typing is much slower than conversational speed, this is an effective way for me to do a radio or podcast interview. However, when not on air, the app enables me to participate in conversations and people have to be patient because I type slower than they can speak. Yes. And how are you helping to liberate other nonverbal autistic people? Many have followed my lead and message. I am proud to say that my first book, my memoir, Edo in Autism Land, inspired many families that now have a communicating autistic member. Edo in Autism Land has been translated into three languages and is used in many university courses. I get letters from parents all over the world saying that Edo in Autism Land changed the life of their child and family. I also get letters from professionals who say it made them rethink things and make changes in their practice with positive results. Finally, I get letters from autistic people themselves who are now communicating. It is very moving and fills me with hope. I am currently collaborating on a project with my mom to help more autistic people gain communication. It is a work in progress, but I hope to say more about it in a few months. Awesome. And what did you present at the United Nations Autism Day event? I was proud to be invited to present. Unfortunately, I was unable to attend in person. However, they invited me to present a film sharing my message. I stated my belief that communication is a basic human right. I explained that not talking is not the same as not thinking. I told my own story and tried to help people gain insight and empathy to try to improve things for autistic people and their families all around the world. If you would like to see the film, you can find it on YouTube as well as my blog, EdoInAutismLand.com. Awesome. And you note that speaking is not the same as thinking. Do people underestimate you? Constantly. I have a disability that makes me move unusually. I sometimes move impulsively or flap my hands or have a blank expression on my face. People may suspect my inside is matching my outside. Then they speak to me in a simplified manner. Maybe it is hard for people to imagine that a guy who looks autistic is also intelligent, but so it is. 
Once you know me, you know I am smart. I study calculus, sciences, Spanish, and history. I paint and cook and write books. But yes, I get a lot of high-five dude and the like until people know me. Wow. Tracy, as you've been also teaching people how to non people with autism who are nonverbal communicate, what kind of resistance have you experienced? Um, in my practice, it's really more the history of the, the children, what they've experienced before coming. Um, but in the beginning, naturally, families... Well, they don't come as a first treatment. They come as a last treatment, and they come after pretty much everything else has failed. These are parents who come uh, who have been told that their kids don't understand and don't can't learn and so on. And, and so it's really a, um, a, a process of, of working and seeing how much the child knows and how much is locked inside. And so that would really, that's really that, that journey where it's kind of like the scales fall off the eyes of families and they start to, to be able to see their child in, in a new way um, with all sorts of new possibility. I think one of the big challenges that families have is once the child does become a proficient com communicator is that the educational system as it's currently as it currently exists is not really ready. Uh, it doesn't really have a place for for many of the kids. Some kids are successfully mainstreamed. Some kids, uh, while very intelligent, may not be able to be successfully mainstreamed. School districts struggle. They really don't know what to do, what to do or how to provide a, an, a good education for for kids who uh, who are in this situation. Right. Well, in the book, um, in the book, the character Anthony is has challenges getting into a regular classroom because they say his behaviors will interrupt. But what I found fascinating was that as Anthony became more engaged, his behaviors were less and yes. rare. Yes. And that only makes sense if a person's able to communicate. I can't imagine the frustration of not being able to communicate. More importantly, the frustration of everyone treating you as someone that you're not and, and speaking beneath you or I don't know, not speaking to you as the intelligent being that you are. Yes. So how did you find out about this communication process? Well, in in our case, uh, you know, we had a kind of a unique journey because I, Edo, um, his story is that he was working on birthday party invitations when he was seven. And at the time he was seven, he had such difficulty with, fine motor with his hands that he couldn't hold his own pencil. So I was helping him to hold his pencil and telling him every letter to write as we went. And uh, and I realized I'd forgotten a word, and I said, oh, shoot, I, you know, I forgot this word, and I felt his hand writing the word uh, you know, under my own, and I hadn't spelled it. And so that was uh, kind of a... Uh, uh, a, an amazing moment, like, what is going on? So I probed it and tested it and tested it. And before um, 
before long, he I, I realized that he was really communicating and writing. It was chicken scratch, it, and it was under, you know, he had to be uh, helped. He couldn't have held a pencil and couldn't have done it without that support. He did not have the motor, the motor planning to do so without that. Um, but it was the moment that my eyes were opened. That's when he describes how nobody believed it. And, of course, nobody believed it because he was being touched. And, um, you know, and the response was, well, you were probably inadvertently doing it, and you did it, with, you know, without even knowing that you were moving him, and I knew I wasn't moving him. So, you know, it's it's very... It's very hard to convince somebody of something that's just not true, you know. So, but the problem then was that we had to find a way to teach him to do it, moving his without anybody touching him. And so we were in a fortunate position that uh, Soma Mukopage, who is the person who uh, invented RPM, had just moved to the U.S. and he was one of our very first students. Um, and so she taught him how to get his eyes to look and find letters and get his finger to touch the letter he wanted and in that way open the door to communication, starting on a letter board and over time moving to um, augmentative devices. And now he types on keyboard, iPad, um, or letter board. Um, and in that way, you know, um, was able to get, as he said, an education and uh, continues to get an education and, and wrote uh, two books. Yes, it, it is amazing um, what Ito has accomplished through all of that. In the book, when they're talking about the, um, in the book, the character Anthony receives a great deal of resistance. Did Ito res- receive resistance from his ABA therapist and and teachers, even after he could communicate without someone touching him. Um, yeah, I mean the the it was uh, I think very disappointing. You know, he was so thrilled, so excited, like the world's going to know, and they did not believe it all. And the response from the ABA program at the time was, well, it it doesn't matter if he communicates or not. Uh, we're still going to continue to teach him in exactly the same way, which, of course, makes no sense. If a child is understanding words, he doesn't need to be drilled uh, on words. Um, right. So uh, at that point, uh, you know, we, we, dropped, we dropped that altogether and uh, right. started to try to find something that really more met, met his, his true needs. We hired a... Uh, you know, so much like actually that is a, a parallel in the sense that we hired a, a tutor to work with him at home. Um, we did, we read a lot of books. Uh, and um, there was some resistance and some difficulty getting him out of the autism class. It took us, it took some time. Uh, but once he, um, and once he, he did, he mainstreamed uh, in middle school for two classes and then in seventh grade in three classes. And by eighth grade, they had him be a full-time gen ed student. So, again, it was it was a process. But from the time he was communicating to being mainstream, it took us several years of uh, um, trying Proving to work. Proving it. Well, just, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So, Ito, if a triumph over obstacles for those with autism only comes with new appreciation to treatment, 
Which areas do you hope get research, funded, and supported? I believe research into the biomedical origins of autism are important, and there is a great need to accurately define autism. My disability is primarily motor and is not a language processing or social processing one, as is commonly assumed. I do have theory of mind. I do have empathy. I do get jokes. I do understand puns. My issues are different from current theories, and I deserve an accurate diagnosis that factors in the motor apraxia. The research of my friend, Yoram Bonnet, a neuro-researcher, in eye tracking is incredibly important. There needs to be changes in treatment and early intervention. Let autistics lead their own liberation. Listen to what we have to say. Wow. Thank you for that. And that is so important. And I do look forward to seeing the research that does come out from all the things that you've done and have demonstrated. Let's take a break there. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. I'm here with Ido Kadar and his mother, Tracy Kadar. We are discussing his novel and his personal journey from a world of complete silence to learning the ability to communicate with technology. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. Our guests are Ida Kadar and his mother, Tracy Kadar. We are discussing his novel and personal journey from a world of complete silence to learning the ability to communicate with technology. Now, in Anthony's book, In Two Worlds, one of my favorite characters was Dr. Haggerty. Because in the picture, basically, I mean, in the picture, in the, I'm hoping it will be a movie because I just, I already pictured Dr. Haggerty. But in the book, Tracy, Dr. Haggerty tells the mother that when her child hugs him, that it's just a hug. It doesn't mean anything. That was, <laughs> did you, it's a what? He, he told her it was a stim, that the child was skimming on her. Oh, my God. Did someone actually do that to you? <laughs> did, um, yeah, actually, someone did. did. <laughs> <laughs> That is so sad. I mean, those are the sort of things in the book that I would get angry. There were other times I would cry. But my favorite is at the very end, his ABA therapist in the book, his ABA therapist has been with him since he was two years old to the time he's 16. And in the book, his nemesis is this Dr. Haggerty, the one that basically said he couldn't hug and he was just stimming when he hugged you and that he had no theory of mind. And he compares Anthony's ability of being able to um, communicate on an iPad or letter board as the famous horse in Germany. Can you explain that scenario? Because I actually remember that. Clever Hans. It's a very famous, famous case in psychology. And Ida wrote a post a 
while ago on his blog called, uh, you know, specifically about Clever Hans. Um, Clever Hans was a horse that was able to answer math questions by tapping its hoof, and uh, the uh, um, people were fascinated and went around trying to figure out how this horse could be so clever, um, and eventually they realized, uh, somebody realized that the horse was responding to very, very small and subtle cues uh, from his owner, but that they were not even consciously given. And so the um, there's a, a number of people in the professional community who liken the communication of uh, autistic people like the character Anthony to being clever Hans, that they're being programmed in some way by somebody. Yes, that is so frustrating. And then his other ne- nemesis is Natasha. And oh, and, and it's just the classic part is Natasha's agency is what autism for little people or something. It's a, it's just Natasha is just a wonderful character. And I guess you probably met a few Natashas in your life. I think we've, we've all met a few Natashas in our lives. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We have. Oh, my gosh. I actually had someone that was going to teach my oldest how to walk. And I came home and my husband said, you're kidding. Walking lessons? <laughs> and the sad thing is, it's. Well, I mean, the good thing is I didn't do it. And she walked within the same period, within the 12 weeks that this woman would have helped her to walk. And then I was spent my life talking about how awesome she was and how she had taught my child to walk. And my kid was going to walk anyway. So it's those kind of things. Ido, I have a question for you. What are your hopes and dreams? I hope to see into worlds on every bookshelf, as a player, even as a movie, and definitely as a work that changes things for the better. I am currently working on book three and hope to continue writing and advocating for the rights of autistic people and people with limited speech. My dream is that no autistic child suffers the way I did, and many others have, and still do. Life in silence is hard and isolating. If the silence is compounded by being mistaken for an unthinker and no education ensues, then the trap is a horrible one. I have seen tragic situations, and I must fight for those who have not yet been liberated by communication. I will never stop advocating, and if my masterpiece, In Two Worlds, helps spread the word to the general public and people begin to look at autism in a new way, I will be thrilled. By the way, both my books are available on Amazon, Kindle, and Smash Words as an ebook. Wow. Did you have anything to add, Tracy, as far as your dreams? Well, well, I do, I do share Edo's dreams. Um, I, I hope that the tide is starting to turn. I wholeheartedly agree with him that, that the feedback of People with autism needs to be heeded by the professional community. Um, their mantra is no more about us without us. And I fully agree that uh, with, with all he says and to hope that more and more people are given the opportunity to, to be able to communicate and to learn. Wow. Thank you so much. And what a a nice um, motto. No more about us without us. 
I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. Don't forget to like the Special Needs Family Hour Facebook page and to sign up for our newsletter. Please join us next Sunday afternoon at 1. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Special Needs Family Hour. If you've missed any part of today's program, you can get the podcast of this and every show at specialneedsfamilyhour.com. While there, please take advantage of the resources we've made available. And if you're so inclined, please support the advertisers that support this program. Special Needs Family Hour, Inc. is a nonprofit 501c3 organization. More than anything, just know that you are not alone. And we invite you to join us next Sunday at 1, only on AM 860. The Answer. The Answer.